Thank you for listening to Perfectly Palm Beach. I want to thank my sponsors this month, the Alzheimer's Drug Discovery Foundation, whose mission is to rapidly accelerate the development of drugs to prevent, treat, and cure Alzheimer's disease. As well as Susan Listerlock Designs, her contemporary and traditional custom jewelry using rare gems and precious metals is located on Nantucket and is open June through December and in Palm Beach January through May. Log on to SusanListerlock.com for more information. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Perfectly Palm Beach. This is the place where we meet with great Palm Beachers that are doing really interesting things. And today, I'm so thrilled and excited to be on location yet again with my producer, Mike, my good buddy, Mike. And we are here talking to somebody who was a very big name in the fashion world when I was in New York and starting out in the fashion business. Her family's name was synonymous with Wall Street, which was also a big part of my life. And just a lot of things that were going on in New York at that time. It was, um, she, she, she broke records. She sold her company to Target. She's quite incredible. She's running another new brand now called Fig. I'm so thrilled to welcome my guest today, Liz Lang. Thank you, Janie. That was so nice. Well, it's just so great to be here in your beautiful house that's just full of wonderful Palm Beach feeling and vibe and colors. And I just, it's so, it's so nice being here. It must be relaxing to live here, right? Don't you think you're right on the water? The the intercoastal's right there. You can see people walking. I know I see you on my Sunday morning walks. Oh, I walk daily on that trail. <laughs> it never gets old. And I have to say, being in Palm Beach never gets old. It's sort of a cliche it to say that, you know, it, this sounds like a cliche, but it's actually true. I feel like when I land at that small, beautiful Palm Beach airport, my shoulders go down. It's yep. like I all of a sudden it's... I know. Oh, you can breathe. You can, can breathe. breathe. And agree. as a lifelong New Yorker, I never knew I was missing that. If you had asked me this a few years ago, I would have said, no, New York is my, is is who I am. Well, yeah. I mean, it's in your blood and you're used to that pace. Yes. Uh, but sometimes that pace is good to kind of bring it down here and to be able to create more of a balance in your life, which I think we're able to do in Palm Beach. Absolutely. And I feel like that was one of the, you know, silver linings of COVID. It really taught me that. Right. I would not have figured that out were uh, not I'm, for I'm the right past there with couple you. years. And I think most of our listeners feel the same way. Let's go back though, because when I was in the fashion business in the 90s and the 2000s, mm-hmm. and you, your name was synonymous with maternity lines. However, there was nothing around that really like changed that whole market. I mean, there was a little niche where it was, you know, you had to wear like stretch pants and these ugly shirts with bows and girls that had style and that were fashionable didn't want to wear those kind of clothes, right? Or you had to have them made. You revolutionized that that part of the business. And I remember the first time you actually showed at Fashion Week and it was, it was, you know, it, everybody was like, wow, how did she do that? So, so tell us, so tell us. take so, us back, take thanks. us back. So if we go back, you're right. I, 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 I had been a, always interested in fashion, grew up in New York City, worked at Vogue, uh, ended up working for this young, struggling designer. But maternity clothing, of course, that had never crossed my mind. Wait, you worked at Vogue? I didn't even know that. Yes, I, I worked at Vogue. I didn't even see that after in college. the research. Because you know, you it's not I've important. I've never talked about that. I know. So we're Connie Nass girls. We're both Connie Nass girls. Okay. Yep. Worked okay. at Vogue, left to go work with this struggling young designer. While there, I have to say, it was, as you said, it was the mid-90s. It was sort of that 
time in my life. I got pregnant. I mean, I got pregnant. I didn't get pregnant. I wasn't pregnant yet. I was newly married. My friends were too. They were starting to have babies. Right. I certainly had that on my mind. I wasn't quite there yet, but it was on my mind. And I noticed something. I noticed that all my friends, whether they were fashionistas the way you and I were and worked in the magazine world, whether they worked in the publishing world, whether they were doctors, lawyers, bankers, you name it, they would all come to the little sort of office showroom that I shared with this young struggling designer and and they would squeeze themselves in to anything we had that had oh, a bit of stretch I, in it. I, I still remember. I remember. Yep. Oh my gosh. And they would also and I would say to them, because I wasn't pregnant yet, well, why are why are you doing this? Like go to a maternity store. What about that fabulous pea in the pot I'm always reading about? You know, whatever. <laughs> and they would say, Oh, you don't understand. I'm not knocking it. Everything has changed. Since yes, then. yes. They would just say, Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. So they were spending actually a lot of money on like at the time, Donna Karen, Calvin Klein yes. squeezing themselves into yes. knit cashmere outfits. Yes. And so I got this, I sort of had this aha moment of like, wait, like maternity clothing needs to look like regular clothing. It needs to be fitted. If it's stretchy and it's fitted, it can grow with them. My friends are kind of small at the beginning anyway. Like the whole thing, uh, I'm, I don't want to tell you too much detail. You don't even know how much weight you're going to, you, right. you have no you idea. you don't need to start out in a tent yeah. and you want to look sort of the way you look today, especially in the 90s. It was very minimal. My friends wanted to wear black or navy or yeah. gray. Like they weren't looking for like bows and they were already uncomfortable enough being pregnant at their new job in their new office. We were young. Yes. So, you know, that was bad enough. So anyway, I got this idea. I pitched it to the young designer I was working for because I was not a designer. Right? I went to Brown University, majored in comparative literature. Couldn't get the idea out of my head. Decided to leave and do it. I thought it would be a made-to-order business I would do for a few friends until I myself got pregnant. Like right. nothing. I thought, and maybe then after that, I'll just stop. Who knows? You know, I didn't know what You're I right. would do. I had no right. grand We plan. were young. We didn't know. We were so young. Yeah. And so anyway, cut to, I did end up getting pregnant very soon thereafter. Today, my children are 23 and 21. But what I also didn't count on happening was, as you said, to be honest, and I, I don't mean this braggy, but it became a bit of revolution. Like I could it really not did. keep up with the business and it became global and frankly, I so, when I, I did a lot of things, I dressed every celebrity, which was new then too. Nobody was talking about celebrity pregnancies. I dressed every celebrity, did did a show, did two shows at New York's Fashion Week. Um, I um, I remember, I yeah. do. I mean, I was at Harper's Bazaar, and you know, when you were in the fashion business, it was one thing to work in an investment bank and be pregnant, and that was really difficult as a woman, really hard. But in the fashion world, it was just as hard because you know you had to look fantastic every single solitary day going into the office. Of and I was enormous. We all I, I, were. Was enormous. I was enormous. And I was wearing these tents and literally going into my office and closing the door because nobody there was pregnant, was, was married, not. let alone pregnant. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, and none of them still have been. Right. It was it was a difficult situation. It really very. was. Yeah. So cut to, I'd say the end of the story is I ended up opening up three very high-end Liz Lang maternity boutiques. Then I did a diffusion line just for Target, became the only maternity resource at Target, we did that. That was an 18-year deal. It encompassed all their stores. But nobody had done that yet, Liz. Nobody so had done it yet. It was very I mean, new. No designer had done a quote-unquote capsule collection for anybody else. They had their brick and mortars or they were in the department stores. 100%. I mean, this it, was all you know, new. online wasn't even around. There was then. no internet when I started my business. Exactly. And Target wasn't Target yet. It was just... It, so, how did, so how did that happen? You know, I... Because our listeners don't know, know this about okay, you. They do, okay. And it was a big Deal. It was a very, I mean, I'm going to get to the end and then I'll go back. Okay. When I sold my brand 10 yeah. years after I started it, it was the largest maternity apparel brand in the United States. Um, so what happened was 
um, since nobody was interested in carrying maternity, I was for, you know, not Bergdorf's, Barney's, none of them were interested when I started. They said, women don't care. This is a terrible business. It's anyway. It's a short-term time in their yes. life. Yeah. I thought, you know, why do you want to lose your customer even for nine months? But they disagreed. So I, um, <laughs> so I opened my own store, eventually had three of them, you know, Madison Avenue, Beverly Hills, this other affluent area on Long Island on the Miracle Mile. Right. Um, had those three shops, had an internet site because the world started to change. I had a big website, had, you know, four print catalogs a year. But the fact but, that they let you do that at Fashion Week was kind of amazing. Yeah, well, I was. Well, they the didn't first. ask you. They didn't let you. I, I, I no, correct no, no. myself. I, um, yeah, you know, you had to be a member of the Council of Fashion Designers of yes. America, the CFDA, yeah. which I was the first maternity clothing designer to become one. Um, and then I was able to do that show. Right. Um, and it was the first ever. But the other thing um, that, that you were touching on is, so as I started my business and it became wildly successful, others were taking notice. That's always what happens. So other high-end maternity brands started to pop up and it was competitive and it was a crowded field. And frankly, the high-end maternity marketplace, if you look at it just from a dollar's perspective, it's just not, a, it's not a huge business. So even if I had the biggest share of it, it could never, it, there's a limit to what it is. Correct. Uh, so I knew I needed in order to really be competitive, I needed also a lower price line so that I could really reach many, many more people. I looked around. I liked what Target was doing. Mm-hmm. They had they had not yet brought in Cynthia Rowley, Isaac Mizrahi, any of the people you've seen Anybody. since then. I'm, I'm going Correct. way back, but just to be right. clear, they had not. Those people actually came in with me, but none of us knew that we were all coming in together. Um, so what I did was I- um, You opened the door. Probably. I opened the door. Yeah. I just sort of decided, I think Target could be the right place. I see they've done something with Massimo. I've seen they've done something with the architect, Michael Graves. Maybe we could do something. Right. I flew down to see them. Um, we I didn't realize again, being young is and naive is actually sometimes great. I didn't realize like <laughs> what I miss a big, it. Yeah, me too. I was just very plucky and confident. Yeah. I didn't realize how you know big it would be. We ended up signing this unprecedented deal. They've never done it since, and I don't think they had done it before. It was 18 years long. It included having all eight maternity racks in every single one of their stores, plus their entire online maternity business. It turned us into an extraordinarily powerful wow. brand. So between Target and my high end and the marketing dollars that Target was mm-hmm. putting in, I mean, they would make TV commercials starring me, which at the time when TV mattered. Yes. And I they'd remember. air it at like basically the Super Bowl yes. and the Golden Globes. Uh, yes, like they I were remember. spend, spend, spending. Yeah. So it was actually incredible. And I had a ton of naysayers around me at that time thinking that Target was too low end for a high end brand and they couldn't coexist. But you know what? They did. And it was right. incredible. And it was a wild ride. I, I think the incredible thing that we sort of have to touch on is not only were you dressing women and, you know, changing the way fashion had to look at that time in a woman's life, but you allowed women to step out and really feel like they could be fashionable and not be embarrassed and hide behind this really beautiful time in their life. And it's not like you're gaining weight, like, oh my God, she's gained 10 pounds. No, it's natural. It's natural. It's a beautiful time in somebody's life. And I think the fact that you brought a, 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 a light and you shone a light on that was really I think that's, that's what part of the revolution the too. That's yeah. what changed. I think women and 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 truthfully, it was the same thing with celebrities. I don't know if you remember this, Janie, but like celebrities, of course they had children, but it would just be for like a year. We just wouldn't hear much about that's them, exactly and then they would right. just pop back out. Right. So you know, on the red carpet, right. and they'd have a child. Right. So I started thinking, well, someone needs to dress them when they're pregnant. And so when I started doing that, that changed things too. All of a sudden, you could be pregnant on the red carpet, and people would say, "Who are you wearing?" Like yeah. that would not have happened. And all of a sudden, magazines that were 
becoming so important, like InStyle and People were, you know, actually featuring pregnant celebrities at their at their baby showers, at, you know, at different exactly. events. Like I ended up throwing a baby shower for Brooke Shields that was covered by, you know, in style and E, things that barely matter anymore. I'm making myself sound like a dinosaur, but they matter. <laughs> they really I'm, matter. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm the... <laughs> I'm the little dinosaur right behind your tail right. there. Yes, I, I remember. Yeah, so that, you know, it was, a, it was a heady time and it was really fun. And you're right. It really helped women realize that it's fine to be pregnant. It's yes. not something we have to feel shame about exactly. or strange about. So that exactly. was great. So, so what was it that you loved the most about developing that brand? For the entrepreneurs that are listening, I mean, what was it that like really got your, was great, you made money and you were successful, but there has to be something that like touches you, your passion about about is it the is it designing is it seeing somebody wearing your clothes I mean what was it I mean it's all of the above it's a yeah. very very heady experience mm. I always say I was an accidental entrepreneur once again I uh, back then people didn't really use the word entrepreneur I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur. I didn't yeah. think I was seeing quote unquote white space and I didn't know I was disrupting the market. We didn't use words like that. I had an idea. I couldn't get the idea out of my head. And I do always say to entrepreneurs, I don't think it's about spending a lot of time trying to identify the idea. I think it should kind of hit you. It should be sort of organic. Um, and I felt like I couldn't breathe unless I, unless you I had did to it. Do I it. had to do it. It was like I had this weird calling. Like who but, would have thought? And it was all made in America and all the fabric was from here? I know I imported the fabric from Italy. You did? I okay. made it all here in a New York factory. Um, and I mean, out of necessity, I just didn't know how to do anything else. And I'd say to any entrepreneur, you have to love the ride. You have to feel, love yeah. the idea that you're in this tiny boat and you're on an ocean and they're going to be ups, they're going to be downs. Every day you're going to get bad news. I always joke that I'm Pollyanna, like Prozac runs through my brain, uh, through my blood or my veins. So, um, <laughs> lucky you, lucky me. So <laughs> I can't, so I don't really get down. If someone comes to me with a problem, I'm just like, okay, what's the solution? Because being an entrepreneur and I'm telling all you entrepreneurs that there is about problems. You always read these it fabulous is. stories. Those are the success stories, even mine. Right. Like it is hard. I yeah. love the there hard. There are millions of failures. I mean, you know, you're you're one of the lucky ones. Yes, and even yeah. and there were millions of mini failures within Along my the way. Of course, and yeah. I loved every second of it. But don't go in thinking that it's all going to be glamour and TV appearances and podcasts. It's it's going to be a lot of hard work, but I, I love the work. I love the early stages of a business. Yeah, I discovered. And, you, and you, you love designing clothes. And I love designing clothes. I love being creative. I mean, it brings me to where I am today. Right. I mean, I'm still doing it. I love it. Right, right. So let's talk. I do want to talk about your new podcast because I was Great. so touched by it and I loved it. But I also want to have enough time to talk about your brand new brand that you are loving and you've kind of taken over with... Um, Tender loving care. Thank you. And I love when I see it because initially I couldn't, it wasn't around enough, right? I couldn't find it enough. Right. It was online and it was a piece here and a piece there. Tell us about the company fig. So I had been a fan of this of of this dress brand, and it's more than a dress brand, but it was mostly it caftans and dresses, and it's yeah. called Fig. Um, and um, and F I G U E guys. Yeah, it's a it's a French spelling, F I G U E, but it's right. pronounced Fig as in Fig Newton. Right. And so I um I had been a fan. I was down in Palm Beach during COVID, literally as if you see me on the trail, walking every day in my Fig caftans because I find them so comfortable and glamorous. And so I was walking in them wearing them and I heard the news that Fig perhaps given COVID and everything else that the founder was just kind of done that she was going to sell the brand or give up the brand and I just thought to myself this is meant to be it's almost like Liz Lang maternity I love that brand I understand that brand I think I could evolve that brand to be much more than just caftans and uh, dresses to me it should be a whole world of soft separates a whole way of dressing which I understand and feel like 
you know, I feel like I joke that I've, in my 50s, I've entered my caftan years, but just all the soft separates that surround it. So anyway, I, and I was looking for another opportunity. I was a little bored. Yeah. So I ended, and my, I wanted to get my creative juices going again. Right. We were talking about, I we both love that. being creative. Yes. So I We can't ended stop. Up can't stop. So I ended up acquiring the brand in uh, December of 2020. It was a year ago, basically. And uh, since then, I rehired the team and we are really working on, I mean, we've already relaunched, but it's evolving, um, sort of the, the relaunch of FIG. So describe the FIG girl. Besides besides you, like who who is she? Because well, it has kind of a global... She does. She's I to me, say like you know? she's almost like a global jet setter, but that yeah. sounds almost too fancy. But not but, Michael Korzish. She's mm. not at her she's not standing by her private plane. Oh no. Even no, though she no. might have she one. She might have one, she might not. Yeah. But to me, she's someone that's very, very I always joke that she's um she's almost and I mean this in the best way, either underdressed or overdressed, but never dressed just right. Like our our stuff is very over the top. Uh, fig, we love embellishment. We love bold prints. We believe more is more. It's very celebratory, which mm-hmm. is something I really love about it and very fun. Um, but, um, but it is the kind of the clothes that you can take on vacation with you. You can roll them up and put them in your suitcase. You can wear them to a black tie party. You just change it up all the time. Thank you. You're right. That's a great description. And it's 100% right. Like sometimes I'm in a fig caftan and a pair of flip flops and I'm walking on the trail. Other times I'm in this, I might be in the same fig dress, but I've got earrings on and I've got a pair of strappy sandals and I might be going to a benefit. Right. Or a black tie event. Right. Um, and they, they do roll up so tiny. I mean, I always joke that I go everywhere carry on. And the reason I go everywhere carry on is I can throw like 10 different fig items in my bag. I can mix them up in all different ways and I'm good. Right. So, um, but, but it's I, not just printed dresses too. I, I think I saw some. I saw uh, like military. Pants we do, or we're very right? well known for our vintage, ups, recycled military jackets. Thank we buy you. these military Thank jackets. You. We put yes. new patches okay, on I knew them. That. Right. Yes, and they're very, very popular. And I mm-hmm. love those thrown over our dresses and caftans. And more and more, we are actually, as as you were saying. I think that when you first think fig, you might think of our fabulous caftans because. When Stephanie von Wattsdorf founded the company over 10 years ago, that was kind of her first item and what she was very famous for. And I think we're still the gold standard of that. Right. But we are all the other pieces too. We are blouses. We are skirts. We are day dresses that you might wear to a luncheon in New York City. Right. And you'll start to see all that this fall. We are, we are knitwear. We are, you know, we're the, we're the, the full thing, but with the fig spirit. And the fig spirit is a bit, you know, uh, nomadic, jet set, but not jet set as a way of thinking, not because of your I think jet set has a different way post-COVID anyways. It's just different. You know, I mean, I think it's like people just plan their trips, they go, and even though they might document them, you know, on their Instagrams every single minute, (laughs) (laughs) which is another new thing, but it it has a different feel. There's more authenticity, I think, Exactly, that we all really are living now, it feels, in many, many different places, uh, and for me, what but I But it has a true spirit. You know what I mean? Real. It's not ostentatious. No. Right. And the fig girl yeah. isn't ostentatious. Exactly. She's, exactly. she's free spirited. Right. And I think we all are that on some level. Cooler. She's, cooler. she's hip. She's cool. She's, um, I always felt like I spent so much time maybe in the 80s and the 90s and even, you know, the early 2000s in a very structured outfit, you know, whether it was a suit or a, a dress that I had like zipped myself into in my high stilettos. And I love that look and I'm not knocking yeah. it, but yeah. I'm not feeling it anymore. I'm right. feeling for this softness. There, I remember when I was the, uh, the PR 
PR director at J.Crew, which is really to date one of my most favorite jobs. I loved it. It was so much fun. I think they were sort of the first brand to have in their their own stores where you would separate blouses and pants and it wasn't all held together. It wasn't shown together in the store. So the pants are over here and the shirts are over here and the dresses are over there. And I remember women walking in and going, well, how do I put, how do I put this all together? The great thing I think about you know, sort of the development of fashion and particularly this brand fig that we're talking about is that when I looked at the website last night, I was like, wait, I want that and I want that and I want that and I want that. And I don't have to think about it. Yeah. You just put it right on with your jewelry and change it depending on where you're going. And I think that is another way that you're changing fashion yet again. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I do agree that it's no-brainer dressing. Exactly. And I think as a woman, you kind of want things to be no-brainer dressing. I have but no I, time. No, 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 but it's, I, don't call it no-brainer because it's you're not putting on a khaki dress. No, no, no. Do you know no. what I mean? You're putting but it on doesn't... You put it on and it's like, ah. Oh. Well, I told you I tried to buy one last yes. week. Yes. And they didn't have my size. And I put it on and I was like, oh. This is just so, it's so feminine and colorful. I loved how I felt oh, in it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I not always, just saying that because no, we're sitting here together, but. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It means a lot coming from you. And I feel the same. I feel like it's just as comfortable, to be honest, as a sweatsuit I was sitting around exactly. in at the beginning of COVID. But you look so frigging glamorous. Exactly. And you feel glamorous, but it's exactly. not with a ton of effort. There's I mean, a, look what you have on today. I'm wearing one and it's so effortless. And yeah. I'll wear it like, you know, I'll, I'll work today. I'll have lunch. I'll do whatever. And if I was going out tonight i just change up my shoes and maybe i throw on earrings and maybe not so so do you have can you can you share some kind of secret about the brand that's like your plan like where where oh. are you going to take this are we going to do baby we're going to do men's we're going to do like where are you going with it so great sure so i mean one <laughs> thing is that and again it might be my age i'm obsessed with tabletop i'm absolutely obsessed with tabletop so we're mm-hmm. definitely going to do fake tabletop big is, has very That's iconic awesome. prints, and I think they belong on the linens that go on your table and possibly on the plates and a whole other stuff. So that's really Beautiful. interesting to me. Even though I want to take Fig away from being just a resort brand, which I think is the way it maybe it was at some point. Now, mm-hmm. to me, it's really a lifestyle brand right. and not just a resort brand at all. But I do want to start doing more swimsuits. And again, it's not that I wear a lot of swimsuits. Please, I'm Those begging days you. are over, but I want swimsuits. Yes, I will be a fit model. Because really, you. it is almost, and I think every woman, no matter what 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 your age is that you're listening it, everybody has a hard time buying bathing suits everybody it's hard it, it's really hard it really is not just because you know i mean now you buy everything online so you got to order like 15 different sizes right because right? you don't know how it's going to fit but you know years ago when you went into a dressing room the lights in there were oh, so horrible so it's awful like, so awful it's like Am I really that fat? Oh, I know. Do I really look? And like then that? when the mirror was outside the dressing room, so you had to actually venture outside the dressing room just to get a glimpse, exactly. and then you're just like scurrying back in. Exactly. So yes, but I'm oh, good. really excited. I'm good. And we've really we've relaunched the website, so it's much more shopping friendly. It is. It's I, great, guys. Yeah, I think I'm really yeah. I'm really excited about it. Thank good, you. A good. lot of new and good stuff to come. Good. Stay I tuned. Love that. So are we going to be basically online? Are you looking at distribution and store other all the oh, stores? Oh, we have or it. So we're online. Brick and, brick and mortar. 
mortar? What are you doing? Brick and mortar, maybe down the road, but not okay. yet. Not certainly not in 2022. Um, right now, of course, we're on you know we're on our fig.com. That's like a shameless plug, but we are. But then you know we're we're almost everywhere. We're here in Palm Beach. We're at Hive. We're at all the Neiman Marcuses. We're at Shop Bop. I mean, we've got a ton of of wholesale partners that carry fig. Right. And I'm sure one day we'll do our own fig experience stores. Good. But we're not quite there yet. Good. Okay. Okay. And tabletop will be all under. It'll one also roof. be under our. Yeah, it's not, it will be online. You'll see it. Hey, and baby wouldn't be bad. I, I'm deaf. I mean, I just named a few things off the top of my head. Uh, there's a lot. By the time you get there, I'll have my grandchildren. You might have a grandbaby. You don't know. You exactly. Don't know. They so, come quickly. I know. Really I can't wait. Okay. So the other thing I really want to get in and I want to share with all of our listeners is your new podcast. Um, which I've listened to over the past couple of weeks. And as I told you when I saw you when I walked in, it really touched a nerve. I loved it. I had, I cried. I, I mean, I think so many of us have gone through so many different personal experiences over the past couple of years. And I think when you get to our age and, you know, you've lost, you know, a mother or a father or an aunt and uncle, you know, it, it changes you and it changes your perspective on the world. Um, Tell, tell us a little bit about how that podcast came about, why you did it. You're enormously honest and authentic in it. I was really touched by that. Thank you. I, I, re- I really was. It's called The Just Enough Family. So I had always toyed with the idea of doing a memoir. Um, I knew I I knew I had an interesting story. I mean, as you said, I think everyone has an interesting story, but I knew I kind of had a wild story about my family. And um, I was going to possibly do that memoir with the help from my close friend, Aria Levy, who's a very, very well-known writer, an amazing writer. She writes mostly for The New Yorker, but you know she's she's highly celebrated. She is, and so. But then she got during COVID, she got this opportunity to do a podcast for Sony Music, and she came to me and said she wanted to do interview different people who had who had led unexpected lives. I was just going to be one in a series of people who had led unexpected lives. But after we started recording, and I think she heard it, and then Sony Music heard it, they were like, "Wait, wait, this." is much more than just one episode and one interview. Let's do the whole Correct. series. Oh, yeah. So we did the whole series. Um, and Are there, it, there are 10 of them, right, Liz? I think there are eight. They've all been released. Okay, I yeah. think there are eight of them. Um, and, um, and some of my other family members chimed in, which is unusual, and I'm glad they got to, because if I did a memoir, it would just be my perspective. But this is a lot of different people's perspective, and not to make it too mysterious, the subject matter is, even though my name is Liz Lang, because I was, my ex-husband's last name was Lang, so I, you know, I came by it naturally, I, my name is Liz Lang, but what people didn't realize is my maiden name, my born name, was Steinberg, which doesn't mean much today, but for anybody of a certain generation, um, my family, because of my uncle Saul Steinberg, who's not the artist, but was the financier, was extraordinarily well-known uh, um, in New York City, but probably around oh, the no United question. States, around the world, in really. the seventies and eighties. It yes. actually started in the sixties when he tried to take over Chemical Bank and went from there. Um, he, uh, and he was a very his deal. He was his personal life and his business life was basically in some form of the media every single day Constantly. when I was growing up. Cover of Vanity Fair, Cover I think, of when I was there. Oh, yeah, everything. Yeah. Exactly. So, and so it was really, it's and not- And it was really the go, excuse me for interrupting you, but it was really sort of the go-go- In the 80s. Go-go 80s in New York, as we used the to call 80s. them. And everybody 
was doing so well and making so much money in Wall Street was, I mean, those were the rock stars. Oh my God. My uncle was as famous as oh, Mark Zuckerberg. To me, no question. imagine Mark Zuckerberg. Correct. That, it was like having the last name Zuckerberg right. in New York City in the 80s. Correct. It was an immediate Absol- understanding. And was I the, was there. I can agree. Yes. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, there's no reason to make it up. And yeah. then it's about, it's about, <laughs> so this is not, I think it's been termed a takedown of my family. It's a love letter to my family. It is not a oh, takedown. I such adore a love letter. my family yeah. and I worshipped my uncle who sadly had a stroke at a very young age and ended up, you know, and he died a few years ago, but that that's a whole other thing. But it's about how my family made this money, what it was like to be Jewish in New York City with all this money at a time when this was all new and there was a lot of eyeballs on us and then to lose the money very, very publicly as well. With all those eyeballs with on the you, the same yes. eyeballs and all the schadenfreude, yes. which is understandable. And then a bit about my own journey. Um, you know, my first husband, starting my business, more of what I talked about on this podcast, but in much more detail. Right. Um, having cancer. It was just, it was a lot. You're so beautifully honest. And I have to, I have to say, I think for a lot of young people that are listening, I think the big lesson that you that you that you've taken away personally, I've certainly taken away from my life and you you definitely it's a theme that runs through the podcast is that what you think is going to happen in your life doesn't. And and when you are in your 20s and your 30s and you or even in your 40s and you're you're rocking it, you're doing whatever path you're on, you think this is what you're going to do forever. It's amazing how life throws you these curveballs and you either get up and keep kicking what are you going to do? Exactly. People call it brave. It's not brave. It's necessity. Like, I mean, everybody's sort of the same. I know. But Liz, you know, losing all of that money and making money back yourself is 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 almost impossible. I mean, really, how did you do that? Uh, well, I was very lucky, obviously. It was very gratifying. I was fortunate that even when my family had their money, I had started Liz Lang Maternity. I had started that. I was I was married to somebody who was very successful. I'm married again to somebody who's very successful. I was able to monetize Liz Lang Maternity by selling it at, at the height of sort of the bubble of people buying brands. So I got very, I got, you know, Knockwood, extraordinarily lucky. I've made a, but I ended up, you know, to give back and also for fun. I ended up investing in a lot of other brands and that's, you know, been financially rewarding. So I'm I'm very fortunate. But you what you said is so true. It's literally like warning, expect the unexpected. Exactly. Like I mean, if you told me any of the things that happened in my life when I was, you know, if I, 25 years ago, I would have said that's impossible. That's not going to be my script. Yeah, I would just say that's impossible. You yeah, have right. me confused with somebody else. Me too. Like oh, um, there's no question, but I think most people most really people. feel that way. And I think what's really great about listening to the podcast is that you really come away with like, not just your success, which is beautiful, Thank you. but just the resilience and the like, wow, I didn't expect this to happen. How the heck did it happen? Why did it happen? And life is crazy. Life is I mean, crazy. And that life you. is kind of great. Like to me, yeah. it's a celebration of life. Like it's not a sad podcast. I'm not, oh, not I'm not, all. you know, Poor me. I get that I'm very lucky. But even with the bad stuff, that's not lucky because, you know, there's all, you know, we're whatever, you know, some stuff's lucky, some stuff's not lucky. It's still like, you know what? This is the, this is life. Celebrate it. I'm very lucky. A lot of great things have happened. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive is what I mean. Were you, were you, uh, just very honest and straightforward on the podcast because you wanted people to know about it. Is that who you are? Did Ariel bring that out in you? I'm curious because well, you were 
there were, you know, no stones unturned. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, that's true. On the other hand, it's not. So like to a listener, it's like, oh, she revealed everything. But of course, I reveal, I, I've, I've been in the medium for my entire career. So I'm very, I understand that that world. And I was revealing what I was comfortable revealing. So you, so you and everyone knows certain things about my life very, very well. And I was very honest. But there were topics were. I didn't even go into. I mean, there okay. are things I glossed over. Yeah. There are things I didn't go into okay. that I didn't want to for the sake, maybe a privacy for my children, a privacy for myself, a Understood. privacy for my current husband. But yes, I feel like what's the point? If I was going to write a memoir, which is where this sort of began at one point, and or and or do a podcast about my life, to do it and not be candid, like don't bother. Like why do it? Exactly. And I'm not embarrassed by candor. I like candor. I'm a very direct person. I'm very comfortable with candor. In fact, I'm more comfortable with it than I am with sort of a lack of directness or coyness. I just, mm-hmm. it's, I, have, I don't have the time for it. So, so What's next for you? Are you going to do another eight episodes for the podcast? Where are you going to take that? Well, that's been... You know where you're taking the brand. Yes, the brand you know. I'm very involved with Fig. Which is great. So, of course, as you probably are not surprised here, I've had a ton of offers about the podcast. Everybody from, you know, let's say Amazon and Netflix to, you know, to to Hollywood movie to Broadway play. Um, I don't know. Yes, crazy, crazy. incredible. But, you know, I really, I think we told the story. I think I told it well. I don't think there's really that much more to well. say. I I'm not looking to invade my family's privacy. So any so so it's uh, you know it's probably at the end. Like I maybe I'll do some maybe I will write a memoir. Maybe I'll do something more with this at some point. But at the moment, I you know I suggest listening to those eight episodes if that interests you. But there's you know that's you know that's sort of where I'm leaving it for now. But it's a very complete story. It is, but you know there is that entrepreneurial spirit as I referred to before, that I really think people need to understand. Uh, You know, for people that are starting their own businesses and so many local smaller businesses have popped up since COVID. Oh, yes. And there isn't... There isn't a figurehead. There isn't somebody who says, do it this way, do it that way, do it this way. Do I think you could really help a lot of people. I, oh. I, I, I really Well, that do. would be something that maybe... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you right. off. So sorry. No, no, no. It's like a project runway for entrepreneurs. I like that idea. Maybe I'll do it. <laughs> Thanks, Janie. <laughs> That's what's want, next for I me. I want a piece of that. Yeah. I want a piece of that. Um, so maybe a memoir, maybe a TV show. Who knows? The brand Fig is incredible. We love that. It's 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 available everywhere. And your beautiful life in Palm Beach and I love Palm Beach. And 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 the great things that you're contributing to the community here and everywhere. We really appreciate that. Is there anything else we need to we need to touch on? I mean, anything the else you want to talk about? The only thing I would say is I've I have fallen especially during COVID, I have fallen in love with Instagram. I find it to be this incredible community. And you know, so I, my Instagram is actually Liz Lang official. I couldn't get Liz Lang. My children make enormous fun of me and I love people following me and You're commenting. You're a rock star, honey. You got it. You know, you it's got a fun. fan base. Yeah. It's really, That's- really fun. <laughs> so I've loved that. Like sort of the interaction. I talk, I, I comment back on everybody that comments to me and I, it feels like a continuation of the community. I started with Liz Lang maternity and building with fig that you can really talk to me one-on-one on Instagram. I, I like it. I love that. I love that. Good. Cause you're, you're, you're approachable. People can reach you. I love that. They can. You're not mysterious. You're, I answer yeah, this is, every comment publicly and every DM that. I get too. Love every that. single one. Good. Good. Well, we've just loved this morning with you. I'm glad that we touched on a few things that make you so special. And there's so many other things that make you just incredible. And your name is so well known out there. I'm just, I'm really happy that I finally had a chance to really meet you, sit down and talk to you because you were this name that was kind of out there in the fashion world and we never had a chance to meet. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to really 
call you a friend now. Well, thank you. I feel exactly the same. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode on Perfectly Palm Beach. Somewhere on location, somewhere on the island. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.